All right, Eddie Vedder, thank you so much for doing this with me. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Big fan. Uh, Drew, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to to do this. And we finally, uh, it, took a, it took a minute, but we finally I did. did it. I did. I uh, appreciate you waiting. I appreciate you inviting me. Sorry it no, took me so goddamn long to it's, set I hope this up. It's the, it's the first... Uh, it's the first of many. I hope to be a recurring guest on the Sake of Knowledge podcast. Yes, yes, yes. And we do it for the sake of music as well, for the sake of art. You know, it's, it's sort of all, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, so why don't you start by sort of, I don't know, talking a little bit about yourself, introducing yourself, where you're from, and, totally. and then sort of, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess then we can talk about how we met what what we were then and then where we're going to now i think that's that's sort of why you know yeah little past little present little future exactly exactly yeah (laughs) sounds good um so i am from a small town called tully outside of syracuse which is where i ended up going to college for acting Uh, i graduated there in 2017 but with the class of 2018 Uh, And then I didn't do much acting. I did a little bit of stunt work while I lived in New York with Matt and Tyler and some of our other friends. Um, And then kind of remembered that I liked music better than anything. Uh, And so I've slowly transitioned to being a musician. And I've spent the last couple of years writing and doing shows and being in bands. and delivering furniture for money because <laughs> expensive out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, man. Yeah, bro. I was uh, damn. I need to go get a drink. I was uh, I, I, I was I've been working in restaurants, you know. Oh I, yeah. But I but I maybe should go to the maybe hardware or something like that. Maybe that that's more lucrative. I'll tell you what. I I bet the restaurants make you more money, but I personally enjoy the the blue collar clientele a little better <laughs> well it, it's interesting man like in the restaurants it's like because uh, i i like working at, f- at small family restaurants you know that's oh yeah like because then you get to know who you're working with and you get to see them every day and it's like it, you know you don't become part of a family but it's like they have their own you know i don't know it's like their own group and it's kind of nice yeah. in that sense it's like you're sort of joining a band you know it's a work family. Yeah, band is yeah. a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, I'm going to go get a drink. Give me one second. Take I your time. You drink a beer. <laughs> I thought you were going to have that monkey shoulder on deck. I, I tried. I tried. <clears throat> a little podcast audience. Um, I guess I'll fill the dead air right now. We're sitting here in Colorado Springs, home of some lovely 14ers, some big old mountains. Um, Rodrigo's a good friend. We spent many an evening playing guitars together, having a beverage or two, rolling around the dirty city of Syracuse, Salt City, USA. Um, you know, we out here. I think. I I, I think dirty is is the right is the right way to describe it. Syracuse. Yeah, you see, that's that's how that's how you're a performer because you're filling in the dead air, 
<laughs> you understand that you're like hello audience let's make it easier for rod so he doesn't have to edit over this appreciate you man. <laughs> i got you i got you uh but <laughs> all right so there's a couple of things let's start with stunt work well it starts with yeah picking your cheers i don't have monkey shoulders today but i do have old par how is that it tastes like an older gentleman almost you know what i mean like rusty cheers. All right, cheers. Hey, salud. Salud. Uh, we have a fine Miller High Life, the champagne Ooh, of beers. High Life, High Life, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's what they drank on Jackass in like the <laughs> 2000s. So. Did they? I <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they were sponsored by them. Of course they were. So it's advertising right. works is what I'm telling you. Dude, we're trying to get an adver- I'm trying to get Monkey Shoulder to advertise me so I can fucking have them on deck. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, when we have when we have a studio, Drew, and we have a, we'll, we'll just be jamming, and then we'll have a, a little a little bar on tab of, of all our sponsors. Talk about stunt work, man! I'm interested in that. So you're talking about my, uh, you, Matt, and Tyler? Uh just me. They, Matt and Tyler did really well in the city. They kind of figured it out. They were doing theater. What what, what were they doing? Uh, they were doing. Well, so the first half of the year we were there, it was the Tepper semester, mm-hmm. which is this program that Syracuse has where um, the second half of your senior year as a performance major, you go and you see a bunch of shows in New York and uh, you have these classes with like working professionals. So you talk to casting directors. Uh, I don't know. I didn't do it, but, you know, they really try to inject you into the industry as much as they possibly can. And then right. at the end of it, they do a showcase. <clears throat> where you do a couple of scenes and agents and industry people are invited and then hopefully you get <clears throat> some kind of representation out of that. Um, so they were... Rona, what the fuck is that, man? <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Not here. No, I, nah. I, I didn't get to do it either, though. I know what you mean, but it's a great opportunity for those who get to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> it looks cool. It looks great. Um, so they were doing that. And um, they, I think they did like just temp jobs. Tyler worked at a restaurant too. He and I worked at the same restaurant for like one day. And then I was like, I'm not fucking working at this place. And so he kept at it. He made some serious money. Matt had some kind of office job, but regardless, on top of that, they were doing auditions and trying to get representation or even just like get on a set, just get anywhere. Um, So I had... That's how that's how it is, you know. You gotta at least be involved. Even people don't get it, you know, when you're not getting paid and you're trying to meet people and then it's like you're on set. It's, oh yeah. It counts. Musician, well, it's the same thing, you know. Exactly the same. Because people talk about getting paid and exposure like it's a bad thing, but it's like, well, I'm also getting paid in being exposed to this environment. Exactly. Like exactly. It sucks. And you know, you can totally get shafted and taken advantage of, but you yeah, know, you gotta just weigh those benefits sometimes. Absolutely. Um, the stunt work was not a ton of it. It was literally like three days on set, and I got like shot and blown up a couple of times. And I got, um, uh, you know, the Taft Hartley. No. Like those. Uh, it's this is boring as fuck. But like, if you work a union job while not being union. 
they give you like a couple credits towards being oh, right, in the union. Right. Yeah. So it's, I, I think you need three of them and I got right. one or two or I don't know. It was a while ago. And so I you was, got like equity points or something. Something like that. <clears throat> um, but it was fun. I worked, it was like a, like a tongue in cheek eighties action movie. It was like oh, a big awesome. Jack Schwarzenegger looking dude in a tank top <laughs> and like, hot Russian chick and then a bunch of dudes like me and just like gray jump shoots with a, a ski mask. So you could just be reused a hundred times. Right. Um, but it was fun as hell. Cause like I got to meet legitimate stunt guys and they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do this all the time. Like they would tour as stunt guys. So that was, that was a good time. Um, I think it's very underrated, man. I think stunt work is, is one of the funnest things you can do. And people like, fucking lunatic tom cruise you know scientologist <laughs> he he makes so much money like jackie chan just because they do their, their stunts you know I think absolutely yeah yeah i was doing that's uh, uh sorry no good no we were training um i got to do uh you know felix we got i i, I was i was his ta and i got to do a lot of um assisting him directing so i got you know that's cool credits like directing fights and stuff like that yeah it was frustrating man because the reason why he told me to do it and, and logan do you remember logan mm, remind me he was one of the kids uh schiller uh short hair brown hair oh oh not a professor a student yeah i remember a student yeah yeah logan totally. was helping too but but sort of the stress you know and he told us to do it was that a lot of people didn't want to do like a fucking role you know what i mean at all it's like nothing nothing like they wouldn't you know what i mean and it's like you know people are gonna pay to see the show at least right you know, like, you know. Just do a forward roll <laughs> do, do a summer <laughs> no but i, oh, I think it, i think that because i don't know if you're useful you'll be used in that sense you know that's that's, that's great and, and that is uh, advice so, that phrase is a phrase i think about once a time, week right? at a minimum at yeah, a minimum you'll be useful yeah. you'll be used i agree absolutely that's you know no bullshit i think that's the best thing we got in syracuse and i think that uh, i think about it all the time with oh, yeah. our program it's like regardless of what medium you choose to end up in you know performance wise like we're trained for live performance at, at the end of the day you know yeah or, bottom or line some sort of bottom line like um, yeah that's what we're trained for and it's like the the best things we get i feel like at least for me are those like little mantras or little phrases that you hear the teacher like are you on voice yeah. <laughs> you know, shit like that that you can you can tell yourself or or i don't know yeah no i think you're totally right because it's it's only a couple of words like on paper right. it doesn't seem like much but the actual effect of it is that it's a complete for me anyway that phrase in particular if you're useful you'll be used was a complete yeah. perspective shift. And then the fact that I can keep coming back to such a short phrase and keep me in that perspective instead of getting lost in my own, you know, traps, whatever, right. like ego pity thing I could fall right. into. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Don't get selfish. Don't get um, jealous. Just be useful and someone will pick you up. The other one that, that, that always stood out for me is... Uh don't be interesting be interested i don't know if you ever heard that uh maybe i don't remember that one though was that another jerry no i think that was felix 
you know, oh, don't, wow. be, don't, don't try to be interesting, be interested. Rodrigo, yeah. don't, interesting, interested, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, because what he means is, like, if you're, at least when you're doing, a, I think it's like, you know, even if you're playing an instrument, it's like if you're playing an instrument, you're trying to, like, uh, be hot, you know what I mean? And, like, I know exactly what you mean. Versus like exactly versus if you're yeah. just like playing it and you can play with it, your fucking tongue, but if you're doing it because that's you know what I mean that's, that's what yeah. you want to do like you studied that, then everything else comes with it. You know what I mean? Like everyone wants to see it just because I don't know you're into it. I think that's that's what he meant. That's always something that sticks to me. It's like if you're interested in stuff, then that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like I, that, it's it's the actual yeah. interest. I see, especially how that would work well in like a scene dynamic because it's like right. if you're trying to go up there and run the show literally mm-hmm. you're probably not one paying attention to the other person who's talking i think it sounds to me like it's like listen more because watching you listen is more interesting than watching you try to do things absolutely listen listen more yeah i i yeah, dude, you're right. It's like it's like if you're engaged in the scene, there's so many people who are like, listen to what I'm saying because I, these are the words instead of like, why are you yeah. saying these words, right? I, there's a yeah. reason why the character feels compelled. Do you know Jerry got fired? Did you hear about that? Kind of. I've really pulled myself out of the yeah. Syracuse life as much as possible. I heard there was some drama, but no, tell me about it. I don't really know, man. It's kind of crazy because it's like I I was already, you know, my senior year or whatever, and it was like already yeah. not checked out, but like I wasn't You're looking to the next thing. Exactly. And yeah. And when she got fired, I thought it was so interesting because I was like, people, you know, I'm not saying that I really don't know why she got fired or, or what she said. You know how she uh-huh. was and like the shit that she would say, like crazy <laughs> shit. She's old school. She is old school, but, but but that's what was crazy to me. It's like people wouldn't appreciate, like Felix, man, like he would get, uh, he, he, you know, he would get yelled at for, for gender. You know, he's eighty years old, and yeah. he would. It's like it's like you, you gotta understand where the teachers, like they're they haven't lived in the environment that we have lived in. You know, so it's 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 a perfect example of listen more, talk less. Like exactly don't yeah. get wrapped <laughs> yes, up in exactly. the details of the thing it's like they are trying to impart their vast library of knowledge upon you right fucking shut up for a second but dude i really you know. i really i really like jerry as a teacher personally i i, I think that yeah. i remember when you did that uh and and i think you're a brilliant actor man i remember when i was pa ah, come on brilliant tra- no i'm serious i remember when you were doing i appreciate traces remember that oh yeah and and first of all, for those who for those of you who didn't get to see it, it was a show where Jerry, the director, uh, it was a two man, sh- not a two man show. It was a you know female. It was a couple, right? Yeah. And it was a two person show. And how many people? How many uh, characters were there? Six people. I I think so. Seven? It's a two person show. It's a man and a woman, and I think she cast either eight or ten people. No. I want to say eight though, because I think she's. It was, it was you, J Mac. Um, yep. Matt, Matt. Matt. And who else? And Alex Lowe. Alex Lowe. So it was four guys, and then and then 
Alice. Four girls and one extra. Because yeah. there was one girl who did the, the opening monologue. That's right. That's right. They had five sections. No, you're totally right. So nine people for this two person yeah. show. Excuse I'm me. not a freak. Uh, it's not that I remember I paid for it, right? Anyone like <laughs> no, you spent once. a lot of time there. Yeah. No. Well, and um, she talked about doing it this way since my freshman year. And it right. finally came to be during my senior year. So she had this I thing. Still th- sorry, but I still think about that scene with the little truck. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And she hits her head or that slips on up, it. Man. Just like yeah. the, because it's one of those things where it's like everyone. And, and for those of you who don't understand the brilliance that I'm talking about, everyone got to say the same lines like differently every night. Right. She would take it out of a hat. Right. It right. was like you would do the opening scene or the <clears throat> middle scene or, or the end, right? So all nine of us learned the whole show. Well, all the men learned the whole male part and all the women learned the whole woman part. And then Jerry had it divided up into like quarters or sections. And then, yeah, every night before we go on, she would pull the names out of a hat. Be like, okay, you're going to do the third part. And then the next night you would do the first part. And then so it was different pairings every night, which was cool because then people would come back and see it like three times. It was a blast. And it was a different show every single time. But that, what, you know what Absolutely. I loved about it? And it's like, I thought everyone was fucking wonderful. But I really, really, really liked... I mean, I was your friend, you know, of course. Oh, yeah. But it's like watching a friend... A little biased. Him, no, not biased. That's not what I mean. Watching <laughs> you be different, you know, because you're such a... You're such like a calm, like friendly, like nice guy, usually. You mm. know what I mean? Like all the time, like always. You know, yeah. but in the show, there was such an intensity and a seriousness. There was yeah. fucking, you know, there was, you know, it, it was wonderful because you get to see that other side of the person. And in the same regard, I remember J-Mac, it was like, and a scene that would be, for one person, would be super serious. And then we would be like, oh, my God. And then another night, you would see it, and it was a joke, right? Not yeah. because it, and then and it's like, oh, that's, that's fucking brilliant because everyone brings a different thing of what they understand of that scene. You know. Totally. Well, and like for example, J Mac has a natural humorous tendency. He yeah. is effortlessly funny. Effortlessly. Uh, there's J Mac lines from his freshman year that I think of that just crack me up <laughs> to this day. Um, same with Gabe. Same with Alan. Like all those guys. Um, <clears throat> I mean, J Mac lost the bet, and uh, after we. Uh, after we lost to Duke or we beat Duke or something, and yeah. we had to dress in complete Duke merch for <laughs> the whole day. I don't know if you remember that shit was some of the. That's one of the. That's a good bet. Yeah, it was that's great. a good I bet. See on me that thing. That's mad funny. That's funny, uh, well. So. so let's talk about um, let's talk about your musical journey, man. Because that sure. I mean, since I met you, I think that damn I, that first semester. To me, it's been like the happiest of my life. We had so much fun. You, me, Drew. I mean, you, me, and fucking Weston. Like, that yeah, man, amazing. We had you a know, blast. We had a blast. We got we got drunk. We played music. Like we, it was it was fucking amazing. Every it every was. Week. I think of it. I agree totally that it was a fully Marathon. happy time. Marathon, <laughs> Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing we're trying to do in LA. We're going to start a marathon too. We're going to sell t-shirts. Our first party is going to be like alum themed. It's going to be a good time. We're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to get a house buddy. We're I can't wait. Live shows. I Matt. can't <laughs> wait. All right. Um, 
But, yeah, so but, yeah. let me give you the brief biography version. Yeah, um, tell me, let me just ask really quickly. Let me ask, yeah. uh, <clears throat> when were you in New York in the sense of like, what? when was it you were like, oh, you know what? Um, as Because I, 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 you know, like I think about Tupac Shakur or something like that. He was an actor, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, there's always with actors or anyone who, who studies in the stage, you know, there's always an appreciation of different mediums in the sense of like, you can you can transfer your talent to anything you want you know so what Definitely. point were you, yeah. what, what point were you like this is where this is where sort of this is my calling you know i'm not gonna waste my time in this and i'm just gonna focus on on my true you know definitely well so a couple of things one was that uh so at syracuse in the acting program you have evals which is like your acting test your sophomore year the end of your sophomore year, halfway through. Uh, and I failed. I failed my big acting test, basically. And then junior year, they let me do it again. They let me retake the test. And I did a different scene. I had a different partner. Um, but I failed again. And I was just like, well, this isn't working out. Time to... Like a bunch of bullshit to me, but okay. Well, yes and no. No, because I was just not trying hard enough. I wasn't putting in enough effort. And I just, I hadn't made the perspective change that eventually happened in New York that I had to make to figure out how to actually like learn lines and study things. So by the end of senior year, when we did Brilliant Traces, I had already kind of started to figure out what I needed to do. But so one of the first, one of the last theater classes I could take after changing my major, because I had essentially dropped out of the acting major, because uh, it doesn't matter, bureaucratic shit. But I could, I could still take um, you did Marie Kemp's. Is that what you did? I did, yeah. yeah. So instead of a Bachelor of Fine Arts, I got a Bachelor's of Science, which is hilarious, because I don't think I took one science class. <laughs> Thank you, SU. Um, Actually, I took like anthropology and a bunch of psychology classes, but I didn't take like chemistry or like any hard right. science stuff like that. Um, but one of the last performance classes I could take was called Musical Theater for Actors, taught by Marie Kemp, who was like one of the lead musical theater singing and performance teachers. Yeah, I know. And I know she, she yeah, well, for the audience. Right, right. Uh, um, and she and I live in the same town back home in Tully. Um, so we kind of knew each other a tiny, teeny little bit. Um, and I just had a blast in her class because she would send us the, like the format of her class, which she would give you a couple of songs to choose from and you would pick one of them and learn it. Excuse me. And then you would run it a couple of times with a piano player accompanying you. Um, and she just picked killer songs. Like, I went into that class kind of skeptical because I was like, I don't fucking like musical theater. Like, I, you know, I like School of Rock, but that's a movie. Right. That wasn't even a, a show yet. Um, and she just, to her credit, she dialed in and found some cool, weird, like dark music that I really, really got attached to. Yeah, it was one about, about like, like uh, Sweeney Todd, man. Shit like that. Nah. I well maybe, but maybe now. But at the time, I was so like pissed at myself and the program 
just because yeah. I, I hadn't figured out where to place the blame yet. <laughs> um, you know. Um, I, I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So that was, that was kind of step one. And then while in New York, you know, I, I would like go to the occasional show or um, talk to Matt and Tyler and Hannah was our fourth roommate about like the auditions they were doing and things like that. And I just, I just had no interest in it. Like I had no, that like the gravity and the drive that pulls you to something without you even thinking about it. I had none of that left for acting. And I had just gotten uh, a new acoustic guitar. I'd gotten a big Taylor. I had only had like a little baby parlor guitar for years and years and years. I and I would just guitar. sit. That's, I still have it. It's beat to shit, but by God, I still have it. <laughs> um, and I would just sit in my room and play guitar and watch like interviews. I would watch like 80s, 90s backstage Metallica, Soundgarden. I remember you Nirvana. told me, I think it was, uh, I think it was you who told me that uh, you watched an interview of Eddie Van Halen. I think he was doing sit-ups while he was fucking practicing his riffs. Was it you who told me that? No, that's that's one of Weston's favorite stories. That's John Frusciante in an interview. That's backstage. Crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's ripped. So yeah, you know. <laughs> he's just. I always think of that when I think of like rehearsing. I think of that motherfucker. Just that story. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm just gonna really maximize my time. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna maximize. Like, right, my damn. Time. So that's awesome and 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 so after new york you went to colorado directly when you with western is that what you did not quite uh so i was in the city for a while and i did a couple like weird open mics i did an open mic at like like an orphanage or some shit like it was oh, weird not for the kids but just like it was in their <laughs> lobby or something right and even that like the worst possible fucking venue I was like, no, I like this. And I remember this. And so then the lease ended in New York in the city. And I was like, I have zero dollars. And also I don't want to be here anymore. So I went home back to Tully, back to the woods for another year. And just like really got my shit together mentally, especially. Um, and I started writing songs and then I started finding gigs um, just like little tiny fucking 15 minutes acoustic guitar in a coffee shop. Yeah. Um, and, and then I was like, well, I have to write new stuff for the open mics. So I'm not playing the same three songs over and over. I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And then Weston and I started talking about moving to New York, back to the city together. And I talked to Matt about moving back to the city because um, they were all still there and then coronavirus hit right and i was like well <laughs> nothing's happening in new york city <laughs> no fuck that so weston well told me in the woods right exactly exactly and it ended up turning out that there's also some woods out here in colorado and uh <laughs> no weston's family was here <laughs> yeah, they got trees everywhere dude i couldn't believe it <laughs> I would have never figured Colorado. I know. I thought it was only mountains. I thought it was one mountain and nothing else. But <laughs> no, so he invited me out here. Well, his family invited me out here and I stayed with them for a while. Um, 
I worked at a funeral home for a couple of months. That was crazy. Uh, it was mega crazy. And then you a song about that. Not yet, but it's, you know, it kind of, it sneaks <laughs> it's in there. Coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, I just, I, I would go into any guitar store I could find and every guitar store for people who don't know about like music life every single guitar store still operates on the old school model of there's a bulletin board in the back and people hang up their flyers and they're like, there's a show here. We're auditioning here. We need a bass player. Uh, a drummer is looking for a band. So that's how I found this band that I ended up in. It was a piece of paper on a bulletin board next to the old guy who was running the cash register. And I was like, well, I think that's the, that's the most organic way to make connections, man. In, in any situation that's the same way I, you know that's the same way yeah. i got the job at the restaurant you know it's like i walked in and i was like hey i yeah. like your restaurant i want to work with you you know and i think that it's so much there's it's genuine you know versus like finding something on google it's like hey, oh yeah i don't know that's well awesome. no you're totally right because i like if you're the if you're the one guy who walks in versus the 25 people who right. sent in an email with a resume attached like you're going to remember the one guy's face versus whatever the best resume is, I assume. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a hope, right? Um, yeah, no, that, dude, uh, so talk about, uh, talk about two things. Yeah. Talk about first your process when it came to like, okay, I need to write more songs, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like there's, to me, there's there's two ways to write songs, you know, or two ways to write. I, I write more of, uh, short stories and stuff like that but yeah in the same regard I, I look at people like neil gaiman you know who are like yeah, neil, yeah. Neil gaiman, right who, who will just like yeah. he'll be sort of waiting for that inspiration to strike and he'll get an idea and then he he'll get ocd by it right totally. uh and there's other people like stephen hawking who will get up in the morning uh go to off his office at 10 a.m and start writing till five or whatever you know so, so how do you sort of approach writing a song? Is it more like, okay, I know, I know what I want to... An artist once told me a great thing. Uh, my grandfather actually told me a great thing. He said, when you paint or when you write, you don't do it just by, you know, attempting to throw color in a piece of paper. Uh, even, even people like Pollock had an idea of what they wanted, you know, or yeah. what they were feeling, right? So, so how do you approach that? Is it because you i thought you said it it was interesting when you said you know i had three songs and now i have to write more songs and you feel obligated to, to yeah and i get it you want to broaden your portfolio but you're also you, you then you're working with uh with an incentive an incentive to like hurry up and and make this product so so how how did you tackle that no totally and it's tough because the first three songs i think anybody writes are purely organic and they've been kicking around in your head since you were 16 or something, right. you know, but then all of a sudden you have, well, my kid, it wasn't a deadline necessarily, but a self-imposed deadline. And you have to sort of industrialize the organic process, which is weird because that's, that's great, how you that's weird to put it though. <laughs> that's how it felt to me anyway. Um, but like, you know, if you're not careful, you can end up writing, the same shitty song that a thousand people have already written mm. with the same three chords that are easy to play. And it's mm. about a girl and it's not interesting or clever and it doesn't sound good. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want to do that. So 
the way I've written my best stuff is I usually either have a line in my head that I know sounds good, or I have a little 10 second guitar piece that I know sounds good, like a riff or like a chorus or just even like a bend or something. And I'm like, okay, I know, I know there's something here. So I don't know how well this will show up, but so this is like yeah, one yeah. Oh, wow. of 10 wow. times I've, Oh yeah. I can send you pictures too, if you're into that kind of thing. But yeah. So I had in my head just the phrase bonfire baby and gasoline girl <laughs> sort of bouncing around. Uh, Cause I like redheads. So women and fire kind of go together. Um, <laughs> hi, Jenna. Um, <laughs> Um, and so I knew I had that kicking around and from there I was like, okay, you just, just write something is kind of my very, very rough process. I'm like, just write anything. And then if anything is good in that, take that and scrap everything else and then just write anything again, this is more for lyrics. Um, but it kind of applies to the guitar stuff too. Cause it's like, if is once you can get any kind of full structure you can just edit from there so for this i was like okay i have you know on my phone in my voice memos i have a hundred or 200 files of just weird little guitar parts and i was like one of those will fit right um and so i i kind of have to do two things right at once and then the rest can kind of be downhill and easy once I have a cool guitar part that fits the feeling of the phrase that I know has some connection, some hook to it, then I can build off of that. Um, and so I eventually ended up with this sort of like bouncy riff thing that goes fast in a certain place and it kind of slows out to hanging chords. Um, uh, the song Lights Out by UFO with Michael Schenker. Wow. sort of has a feel like that I, i'll send it to you after this but um but anyway just the the process is like go rough and big and terrible and then scale it back and get the good put that aside and then do that over and over and over and so you have all the pieces you need which for me is i need verse riff i need chorus riff i need some kind of bridge and then i need lyrics in all of those places and then an intro or an outro but you can kind of chop those off if you don't feel like you need them. Um, I was working, yeah. uh, I was fucking around, you know, you, you know, you know me, I play in drums and stuff and, and whatnot. And, I, and I've written a couple. Hell things. yeah. I, uh, I thought it was interesting is I, I sort of realized to my way to my way to my way to start writing it. It was like, I would find a little, a little thing I liked or something, you know, in the guitar or, or in the drums. And then, and then I would sort of find words that rhymed with it, with the sound. I don't know if, I, how, how do you approach that? How do you pair the words with, with the music? Is that, because I feel like sometimes the, the song itself will give you the idea of how the song is supposed to sound. And then, and then the words just come out of like, at least to me. I, mean, I don't know if that. Totally. Uh, yeah. I'm, no, also I'm, I'm right there with you. I've done that. So, you know. <laughs> That sometimes makes it easier, but other times I end up looking at the page at the, the next morning. And I'm like, oh, this is shit. I didn't <laughs> <Right>. do anything. <laughs> exactly. 
like, I got dog, log, and jog. Like, one of those isn't even good. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought it was genius last night. Um, no, no, you're totally right. I think definitely where I struggled at the very, very beginning was trying to write all the lyrics first because I was like, oh, this all, this sounds like good. And it, it did or it didn't. But then when it came time to integrate that to the rhythm, of whatever guitar stuff I'd written, I ended up changing so much stuff that I was like, well, this doesn't fucking help me. So write the guitar stuff pretty much first, and then you can kind of write to the music. And then exactly like you're saying, once you know what the song sounds like and what the feeling of the song is, then you can accurately describe it. And that's, that's what music hits me the deepest is when there's a riff and I'm like, oh, fuck, it does feel like that. And then the guy says something. I'm like, exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish all the time is like, I want to, I want you to feel it like you were there. Exactly. 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 So talk about, um, damn, that's fucking cool. Talk about, uh, talk about being on stage uh, and and performing your songs. How does that feel? The first time you were like, okay, I I wrote something. Cause I feel like with any, I mean, like when you do a, when you're doing, I mean, fuck. I mean, I've, I've been on stage and, yeah. and, and you've been on stage too. So I feel like when you're on stage, it's the first time you're, you're showing it to people and it goes way better than you think or whatever. It's like, I, people, I, I don't think people understand the, the feeling. How good it feels. Yeah. Like how fucking, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you feel like, like to me, you know, getting a laugh on stage is, is the best yeah. thing I can possibly imagine, you know? Like, I don't know. I oh, love yeah. Shit like that. So, so how does it feel when you're, but that's when you're doing other people's words and stuff, it's so much different than when you're, when it's your complete baby and you made it yourself and, yeah. and you wrote it. So how does that feel when you let it go? When you're just like, I'm so glad you said that. I meant to say that earlier when you were talking about the transition, that what you just said was one of the huge reasons that I ended up going more into music than acting is because, uh, you know, I was sitting there going like, well, even if I did book a cool part in a movie, someone else wrote it. It's going to yeah, be someone else's clothes. And there, someone is going to tell me how they want me to say it. I'm like, ah, come it's on. It's not you, man. Yeah. It's not. And so. I mean, I, yeah. mean, I, I get it. I, I get what you're saying. I think there's, mm. I do think there's a beauty being able to do something, someone else's stuff and becoming and someone else. Being the translator. Totally. Yeah but but i i understand like that's that's sort of what alienated me from it and i was like this is all this all seems too fake for me to do like i I don't feel any real attraction to this you know yeah and uh, you know if it you know that was like right after i graduated is when i was feeling that way the strongest and now today and tomorrow like i i could take it or leave it i I do kind of miss it here and there but mostly I'm just addicted to this feeling we're talking about of like, well, because it's such a huge gamble. You go like, here's a thing that happened to me or here's a thought I had. And the gamble is that I'm going to tell you about it and I'm going to really, really, really tell you about it. I'm going to be, you know, explicit, not in a vulgar way, but explicit, like emotionally. I'm going to be like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And when that lands and when people get it, 
and for me, I, I write a lot of like sad stuff. And so for me, the, the moment is best songs, man. (laughs) I think so. But I also like, you know, every now and then I got to hear shake it off by Taylor Swift or I got to hear Panama. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. But like (laughs) the good memory sometimes. Um, I get, I get it. There's always those songs that just mean like, like just, they're not really your songs, but you just, you know, I have friends and I have friends who love, I hate this song, but the party in the USA song, they go nuts for that shit. I fucking hate that yeah, song. Yeah. I hate nuts. that song too, but I get it. Exactly. I, get I, I get it. It's just like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't condone it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. Well, and it's like, I, I don't think there's any reasonable world where I could write a song like that. I, cause just, I'm fucking, I look like me. Like, there's no way. <laughs> I'm going to get out there and play a song like that. And people are going to buy into it. Right. Uh, you know, but when I go out there and I do a song about like one of my favorite songs that I've written is called voyaging. And it's about this guy who has cancer and he's just like, I don't want to be around anybody. And he just goes out on a boat and he's like, I'm just going to die alone and like not bother anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'll send you that. I, I don't know if I've sent you anything or posted anything about it, but it's, so did uh, that's you, a did one. You, did you, so how does it, uh, cause you were with the other bands. So did you start like when you were working with the other band, did you start pushing your own stuff and then like also working on their stuff and then like uh, started recording your own songs as, as your single sort of. Sort of. Yeah. 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 Pretty much exactly like that. Like three separate tracks of work that's because that's they were already well i mean I, I didn't plan it that way that's just how it ended up working out right because they were already an established band and they had shows coming up what, what, they were metal right i saw yeah. i saw a couple of videos yeah, yeah would you say that your music are, are you are you falling into that medium as well or are you doing like a lot of like fusion stuff definitely softer i i love metal music i love listening no, yeah, to sure. it and i love playing it on guitar but vocally that's just not where i sit um and writing wise that's just not where i'm at i when i'm trying to describe my sound i tell people it's like a hosier album but like two clicks heavier Mm. like um like hosier is one of my favorites lana del rey is one of my favorites yeah Yeah, amazing and then uh soundgarden audio slave nirvana i've not gotten a taste myself but i heard the song um but i'm working on it so i'll I'll let you know (laughs) I actually i really i really tell you. i i really fucking love that song i don't know what about it it's like for you it's fucking amazing it's a great song well it's weird and it's moody and it's yeah, trippy yeah. and she's it's a hot girl being sexual like yeah oh my so when i was 16 one of the first concerts i went to was this guy called wood kid who did um he does he's a french guy but he usually sings in english um and he directs music videos and he has sort of the same vibe of like very mellow trippy piano strings digital weird stuff so i'm just gonna move this like because blinding the fuck out of me (laughs) okay don't worry man um so i went to new york 
and I saw him play at the Highline Ballroom. Um, and right at the end of his set, he was like, uh, we have a very special guest tonight, Miss Lana Del Rey. And I was oh, like, no I don't know way. who the fuck that is. And she came out and she had on like this purple sundress and she had a long, big red hair. And I was like, who the fuck is that? Like that, that really spoke to Bonfire, me. baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So, yeah, yeah. My, my origin story is really linear. I you can forget, just see I forget all the who pieces. It was, but I know someone whose brother hooked up with her. That's amazing. Good for him. <laughs> I, from back home. I forget who it was, but I know that story. <laughs> it's, like, it's guaranteed. Um, yeah, legend. <laughs> anyway. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, what um, was say? When, oh, uh, with the band. Yeah. <clears throat> process with the band yeah so they had no 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 not process i was gonna ask oh sorry yeah please if you're gonna talk about that but i was gonna ask you about yeah. your personal stuff because you know i was gonna damn we've we've jammed a lot we, we used to yeah. and and we were talking about it before like i would love if we were able to like you know when we were in la like you know fucking do some concerts like do some shows like it would just be awesome i can be in the drums absolutely but I would still, even if we were to do that and get together and like do with the musicians that we know, like do some songs, I would make sure that we all were pushing our own like brands personal. You know what I mean? Like you would have your section yeah. or I would have my section or Matt or like, you know what I mean? Like Weston would have a different sort of folk, I feel like environment if you were playing with us as well. And like, I feel like that's, that's how we take the advantage of that time versus writing stuff as as writing together of course but writing for ourselves and our, our so like when we separate you know we get to have all that repertoire and go with it you know exactly i think some of the mistakes that i made in the last band were like writing for a genre instead of just like this is what i write and here's how we're going to do it and um like over compromising in that there were four people and i would sit there and try to be like well okay i like this idea and he likes this idea and she and, da, da, da. and so we kind of end with just a mediocre song in the middle not always but enough that it bothered me and i think the the right way to do it is whoever has the initial idea whoever has the concept you that person needs to like lead the writing of that song and set the tone and then whoever writes the next thing they're going to lead that one but like otherwise you end up with like half of my style and half of your style and half of western style instead right. of like hey i wrote this one so you guys are going to play my style and then when you write yours we're going to follow your style like uh, that's i think the best way to accentuate I, agree. I think that's what the Beatles did very well. You know totally. Because I, mean? I feel like totally. they, would be, they would be like George Harrison would be like, I, you know, I want to fucking write this Indian, you know, <laughs> sort of, uh, what's the name of that instrument? It's not the Zitar, I think. Yeah, Zitar, the big, yeah. big one with the yeah, pegs so in the bowl. Okay, he's like, yeah, I want to write these Zitar sounds and whatnot, you know. So, so they, but they would do it with him, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I feel like that's, that was sort of, did you see that documentary they did on, on Disney plus? 
have not. I do not watch a lot of TV. I believe you. I'll check it out, though. It's a couple hours. I haven't seen the whole thing, but there's like, I think it's uh, Peter, whoever does the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the guy who does it. It's it's pretty pretty fucking crazy. And it's like all these like on 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 uh, unpublished footage of them rehearsing. Oh, cool! So, so it's like it's like really cool to see how they would oh. get in that. You know what I mean? Is it called Get Back? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw someone sent me a couple of clips from it. So I've seen maybe ten minutes out of the whole thing, but yeah, I actually I do know what you're talking no, about. But I do it's, want to it's, watch it's, that. It's it's cool to see how how they like how how would they you know how the idea would flow how how the process would start. It's like yeah, I think a lot of I've seen a lot of documentaries of them and a lot of other artists, but that's 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 what I think that a lot of bands are missing. You know, when they try to push uh, when they try to push an agenda, almost. You know, it's like Coldplay. Like Coldplay used to be such a great band, and then they started doing all this like commercial shit. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's... I know I'm with you. I like Coldplay a lot, actually. There's, um, I think the first album was called Parachutes with yeah. like the the black background yeah. and the eclipse. Yeah. The song "Don't Panic" off of that is oh, yeah. crazy good to me. I love that song. Um, Rush of Blood to the Head. That, I was about one. to say that's my favorite song, Coldplay. Right? That's a great Russia one. That's a great then, one too because that's like three yellow, chords. Yeah. Oh, yellow yeah. is fucking great. Yellow was the first song I learned on the drums. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yellow, yellow, and first date from Blink One Eighty Two. Those were the. Da, 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 those were the two. Nice. <laughs> those are the two <clears throat> I was I was jamming. But yeah. So what's uh so. What's your plan, man? How well? What's your plan for 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 recording next? That's that's what I was going to ask. Like, what what's this thing you're recording Definitely. right now? So, um, two of the guys I'm in a band with now, Brendan and Ozzy. One of them has finished music college, and the other one is in music college. Meaning, like, um, uh, like is it recording. a drummer and a bass player? A uh, drummer and a guitar player. All right. The, or no, I'm sorry, a bass player and a guitar player. The drummer is in uh, law school, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cool mix, man. There's a lot of... You know, like when people are intelligent, but not annoying about it? Like us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good mix. Well, and so... Um, I went up to him and I was like, listen, like I'm, I'm loving being in this new band and I like writing stuff with you guys, but I've got like 10 or 15 songs that are just like sitting there and I would love to get them like done and out of my head so I can really focus on this next thing we're doing. And he was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do it. So um, that, was, that was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I've been sending him like the, the rough iphone recordings right. and being like well so here's this and like how do you want to lay it down how do you want to do this and then we've been getting personnel together um but it's it's gonna be pretty pretty gorilla pretty indie um production wise but i'm, I'm really looking forward to it um so hopefully that can be done in 
two months. I'm, I'm hoping for like March or April so that I can play some shows with it. And then summer is when I'm exactly. So, so uh, how can we listen to your music right now? The ones that have already come out. Is there a YouTube video, YouTube page or something? I have some old YouTube videos out. All right. So send me the Um, link. So I'll I'll put it up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Instagram is where I post like clips and things like that, but it's, yeah, yeah. That's that tag is realist dealist. Um, I think that's the same as my YouTube page. Um, but once, once the recording is done and all that's put together, I'll put it out on Apple music and Spotify. Um, probably just under my name, Drew deal. Um, yeah. And then on to the next. That's fire, man. That's exciting. (laughs) So you're moving Sunday. You're moving in a week. I'm, I'm probably going to go Sunday. I'm, I'm going to go either the 31st or the 6th or something like either this Sunday or next Sunday. Oh my God. Okay. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Bro. It's scary. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it's eating a lot of shit, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. I, some people say make hay when the sun shines. Some people say strike when the iron's hot. Some people say eat shit, cash checks. But the, the message is the same. Like, yeah, fucking, yeah. I I think you know uh, this this guy that I really admire that I've been uh, sort of shadowing, Nessie alum. He's been mm-hmm. he's been a great uh, asset, you know, to have. I did the Sorkin week. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I got yeah. to see that. It sucked because it was all virtual. Uh, um, yeah, because of fucking COVID. But I got to at least make this connection. And one of the things he said to me, you know, is uh, momentum begets momentum. That is true. I've, and I've sort of, I've held that, you know, sort of like keep, keep it going, you know, don't, don't stop that fire. That's a good one, man. That's another one of those perspective, like back to center things. Yeah. It's important yeah. to go back to center, I think, and to know, to know where that center, what, what helps you as a musician get back to that center when, when you feel like, you had a bad gig or, or, I don't know, you, you, you like, um, disputed with your bandmates or something. Uh, definitely one of those mantras, something like that. Momentum begets momentum is probably going to go in the arsenal. Um, but usually I'm just thinking about like the next step. Mm -hmm be it the next show or be it even just like the next rehearsal. It's like, yeah, like we fought last week, but I'm going to see you in three days. And I like, it's all, I wash my hands of almost all that interpersonal conflict yeah. type shit. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't care. All I ever really want to do is go out and play shows. That's all I want to do. And so I end up doing a lot of karaoke and open mics and anything just because i'm like i like i just want to fucking be out there and i want to keep practicing too Um, i think that when you're in la you'll be able to do that a lot more and make a little more money than in colorado i hope so man (laughs) (laughs) because no i'm sure i'd be like that's that's my that's about like i can't wait to like i've you know i've been i've I've been writing stand-up for a while i have that sort of sort of like i'm like one man show. I love that shit. Uh, and have another friend who does it. And and I'm gonna stay in his couch actually for a month. Nice. Evan, great kid. 
and he's a writer as well. So we're part, part of what we're going to do is go to, go to, you know, comedy rooms and figure it out. Try to, totally. try to do a bet, try to do a set. But I, to this day, bro, I cannot wait. I mean, not to this day. I cannot wait for the day that I get to be a paid regular at a show. Like I get to, oh my God, I get yeah. to do a set and then, and I feel like it's going to be sure the same thing for, for, for a you to be like, all right, like, here's your cut, you know, like, yep. it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Dude. And let me tell you, I've, I've had like the basement level of that. And yeah. that's not to knock the venues around here. I've played some super, super fun shows and right. all the venue owners that I've become friends with are fucking homies. Like it's all yeah. just dudes in their forties and fifties who are around for the eighties, nineties rock scene. Um, there's a place called Vultures that I like a lot that has a great open mic right. uh, on Platt. So check that out. Anyone who's listening. Um, but God, yeah. At the end of it, when they're like, Hey, here's your check. It's like, Oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like that. No, because there's it's, the. It's your, you know, it's your, it's your hard work and effort, man. And it's like you're actually you're getting paid for it. I mean, like that's. Yeah. I feel like with advertisers, that's the other thing that people don't be like when you when you when when you're able to advertise your products and your art it's like it feels amazing because you're actually getting money from people who view the value of what you're yeah. doing you know and it's that's yeah. yeah that's what everyone wants you know it's one of the most literal senses of validation i think you can get because there's the emotional <laughs> yeah. side there's the audience side right. where you finish your song or your set or your scene or whatever and there's a there's a pause where everyone is like is that it and then if you don't fuck it up you get the applause and you're like oh my god they get it and in the audience you're sitting there like oh good he doesn't suck (laughs) so that's a good feeling but then at the end of the night there's the business side of it where it's like oh like this is a paid service like this is there's a financial indicator that there was some worth to what i'm doing right now right yeah if you had to give yourself coming out of college or another musician some like a little a little mantra or something that we haven't mentioned yet like a little thing that you think can keep him going what would it be if you could tell yourself back in 2017 like yeah that's tough that's tough there's a lot of like really literal ones like practice more um go out less things like that Mm -hmm. like really really obvious bare bones stuff but i definitely needed to hear it and still have to tell myself that shit all the time like (laughs) you know (laughs) instagram never stops going so uh, sooner or later i have to be the one to be like okay that's enough and actually sit down and start writing um i don't know um Something just like, you know, the thing about like the ships and uh, like if you angle it one degree, but then you travel over many, many yeah. miles, you end up in a totally different location. Yeah. Whatever the condensed version of that is, something like that, um, of just like, just focus on it, like just do it for like an hour. Same thing like with exercise. Like, you know, I was like 130 pounds in high school and I'm like 170 now and I don't work out all the time, but I do like a little bit every day. I'll do like a run or a couple of pushups or something. And it's like, 
over five years, it makes a significant difference. It's a, it's a, it's like a compound investment. You, you, you do a little 1% every day and then yep. I know what you mean. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Compound investment, compound uh, interest or whatever it is. Yeah. Investment. And you see it in, yeah. in your returns. Yeah. Yeah. And then, what about you? Are you still? Oh, shit. No, that's a good one. Uh, dude, I, if I had to say something to myself, fuck. Um, this too oh, shall right. pass. Oh, that's a good one. I heard that from, uh, I heard that from Forrest Gump. I don't know what the fuck his name is. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks yeah, said yeah. that in an interview. He said, if, if I could tell myself something when I was younger, I would say, this too shall pass. And I think that applies to a lot of things. And yeah. it's like sometimes, you know, I think about when we're young and, and I think to myself, like, or not when we're young, when we were back then or now, you know, it's like this too shall pass. It's like mm. take advantage because this is going to be gone. You know what I mean? So like take advantage of eating yeah. a little shit and like, you know, and it's like when I'm eating shit and it's, I'm desperate, it's like, okay, this too shall pass. I won't be a waiter forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's a part of it, but enjoy it while, you, while it's here because it's a, it's, a, it's a part of life. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, Jerry, Jerry Clark said this great thing to us once. It's, it was like, what type of peanut butter do you like? And it's like, do you like smooth peanut butter or do you like crunchy peanut butter? Mm. And it was like, and then she said like, I personally don't give a flying fuck you're allergic to peanut butter when you actually eat peanut butter it's not the point the point is in your acting your performances you want to give it something to chew you know you want to just make it like soft you want the audience to have a little "Mm." you know what i mean and and i've and i've always thought of that in everything i do it's like how how in this moment do i enjoy that uh yeah that that extra bite you know what i mean Uh, well that's another great one both of those are great ones. Uh, the crunchy peanut butter thing is great for a couple reasons. One, because it's, I think it's good to trust your audience and to shoot right. high and like assume that they will be there with you. And I think that's why a song like Party in the USA is so grating to us because like, right. not that I'm above a Miley Cyrus song because like, I don't care. like <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. people like it, but it's, there's no obstacles in it. Like, right. It just, it goes and it goes and it goes and it's fun and it's happy and it's great. And it's like, Fair enough. That's what it is. Um, well, I think about a song like, I mean, I remember, I'll never forget, I put, we were in Marathon, and I put uh, uh, a Spanish caravan on from the doors. Oh, you yeah. Nuts. And you were like, oh, yeah. And I love we were, that song. We were both, yeah, we were both going nuts over that song. And it's like, that, you know, that was a moment where it's like, we not only connected as musicians, but also we had that sort of, we shared that taste. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we like this type of music and it's like a lot of people don't, don't have any taste, you know? So they just, <laughs> they just like relate to a vibe. So it's like they heard the song when yeah. they were at this stage <clears throat> and they keep, I don't know. I get it too. I'm not I think that's it. true. No, me neither. I, I think like, well, partly it's just that my exposure was always too, not that stuff it was two stuff like the doors and right you know metal songs like my dad is 
was a drummer when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and he met my mom He's like, at a show. Artist, by the way, I, I really oh, like dude. his paintings. Yeah, I'll tell him he said that. Yeah, it's really fucking amazing. Yeah, he's he's a huge inspiration, man. I adore his work. Every now and then, he doesn't play music a lot, but he picked up guitar a couple years ago. Every once in a great, great while, he'll send me a little video of him playing something and singing softly. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Why are you good? (laughs) (laughs) You're so good. good. Why Um, aren't you doing? Why aren't you famous? (laughs) Like, why aren't you doing? yeah exactly well we'll 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 take him (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah get him out in the sun yeah Yeah, all right let's close with one let me ask you one more thing if you could uh recommend one artist Mm -hmm. one it doesn't cannot be the same one artist one song Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be your favorite artist or your favorite song. Just something you've been thinking about that inspires you. One artist, one song, and one movie, or one theater piece, or whatever. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with the movie. My favorite movie for years and years and years is called Out of the Furnace, mm-hmm. um, and it's got Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, Woody Harrelson, and Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I haven't seen that. It's really, really good. The guy who wrote it, wrote it for Christian Bale and showed him the script and was like, I'm not making this movie if you don't take this part. And Christian Bale was like, oh, oh, that's nice. And then he called him months and months later and he was like, so who'd you end up getting for the part? He was like, I'm not doing it. You said you weren't doing it, so I'm not doing it. And so that's why he ended up taking the part. But it's about these brothers out and like, the woods in Pennsylvania and <clears throat> it's, it's all, it's like a spiritual successor to the deer hunter. Mm. Um, and I like That's it fire. a lot. <clears throat> it's a really, really good movie. I mean, amazing actors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it's like with a cast like that, you can't really fail. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <clears throat> if you or whoever's listening, end up watching it. One of my favorite scenes is um, Christian Bale talking to his wife on a bridge and it's one of the best examples of that listening we were talking about mm-hmm. before. Because okay. it's, you know, like a good movie should, it cuts back and forth between who's talking and who's listening multiple times right. during the conversation. And it's, you know, it hits you hardest, I think, during the listening. Um, so that's movie. Um, favorite artist? Not favorite. Uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll give you some cool ones. Um, there's a song that Woodkid did with someone else whose name escapes me called um, La Aerogram Los Angeles. And I'm butchering it because it's French and I don't know how it's supposed to go. Um, Woodkid? Woodkid, yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's a cover, but it's all in French. And it's, I think it's just describing Los Angeles. Mm. Um, but it's, it's just really, really good, man. And one of my favorite things about him as a singer is that uh, where most singers will do high harmonies to... de Los Angeles. I believe. Are you looking at it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. I'll listen to it. <laughs> you should. You should. That's, that's wow. a banger. Um, well, I, 
so he he'll hit low harmonies instead of high harmonies sometimes okay. and that's that just blows me away um and for artist uh, chris cornell is my guy forever oh, yeah. and ever and ever uh singer and guitar player for soundgarden singer for audio slave damn and then his the rest right dude rest in power i was in marathon when i got the little notification that he had died back in 2017 so that was another thing actually that kind of set me off in that direction i was like oh well someone's got to fill those shoes you know and, uh, <laughs> it might not be me person. but i'm gonna take a fucking shot at it oh and, dude, um, Yo, well, that's i i trust that dude, damn i yeah, can't so believe uh it's crazy dude that's it's crazy that the guy from uh what's linking park killed himself right after man that that to me was really fucking insane that was a tough one man well and you know they were super good friends and there's uh, videos from his funeral where he's where chester is singing with I think he's singing with Chris's daughter, but I'm, that might be two separate things. I'm not sure, but I, you can just tell like he's devastated. And yeah, another one of my favorite videos out there. There's um, it's a Lincoln Park show, and Chester calls Chris out for crawling, um, or whatever that song is called. Yeah, and and so they trade off verses, and then they harmonize for the ending chorus, and that's a oh god that's a killer that's a killer um so there you go yeah the first chris cornell solo album is possibly my favorite album of all time it's called euphoria morning and it's from either 99 or 2000 um so there yeah. you go people go there you inspiration. go 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 become real artists go do it for the sake of knowledge people for go the sake it. for the sake of yourself man Thank you, bro. All right, I'm Hell gonna stop yeah. the recording. So thank you so much. Don't don't yeah. go. I'm gonna keep talking no, no. a bit. Everyone else, adios, salud, arrivederci, au revoir, ciao, ciao for now, ciao for now. Yeah, all right. <laughs>